Did you know that over 60,000 new tracks are uploaded to Spotify every single day? That's a new track every 1.4 seconds, and that's just on one platform. With so much music now available, it's more important than ever to stand out from the crowd. So it's not surprising that more artists are starting to use less conventional sonic textures in their music, like field recordings. Perhaps you've always wanted to infuse the sounds of nature or your favourite city into your own tracks, but not having the right gear or knowledge might have held you back. Well, if that's the case, you're going to love the brand new guide I just created, teaching you how to start field recording with just a smartphone. And it's all yours for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five-point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. This quiet artistic wisdom that I believe is inside us all is hard to hear during my Instagram scrolling. In fact, it seems to get positively drowned out by all those other voices, sometimes the ones of my fellow female musicians whom I'd never want to silence, the ones I'd always want to elevate. But I also know I need to be aware that on certain days, I may need to step away and distance myself from the constant feed of other people's highlights all the same. Hello and welcome to Girls Twiddling Knobs. My name's Isabel and over the last decade, my self-produced and self-released music has amassed over 25 million Spotify streams. I also have a PhD in sonic arts, but I wasn't always this confident with music tech. In fact, I still hear those self-doubt gremlins in my head from time to time. I started this podcast to help more female-identifying musicians start recording and producing their music and learn from other women making music with technology. If that's your cup of tea, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in. Okay, before we dive into all the juicy goodness I have for you today, dear listener, it's time for another listener shout-out. Now this one's from Chilu who says, Every episode of Girls Twiddling Knobs brings me so much. From empowerment to knowledge to connection to feeling truly grateful to being really moved and inspired. From the very first lesson I wanted to write and say how brilliant, unique and vital this is. Well, Chilu, thank you so much. It means so much to know the podcast has made such a positive impact on you and you definitely deserve a great big digital cuddly bear for such a stellar review. It's coming to you right now in the imaginary post. And if you'd like a listener shout out from yours truly, all you have to do is rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening right now. And you could be hearing my dulcet tones reading it out here on the podcast. And it really does help us reach even more women and girls. So it's so worth it if you are a fully signed up nod twiddler, you know you're spreading the love. Okay, so I'm just doing a random scroll through my social media feed, Instagram to be precise, as this is the biggest culprit for triggering my online insecurities. And 
I'm just going to describe any posts that seem relevant to this episode. And by the way, I'm going to change key details so it's not obvious whose posts I'm flagging to. So first up, the usual selfie, a cat photo and Okay, bingo. Someone posting about how excited they are to have scored a feature film with them in front of their very lovely home studio setup. Okay, scrolling, scrolling. Another one, um, someone on tour with one photo where they're on stage with all their live electronics set up and an amazing light show behind them. And the next photo where they're backstage eating a takeaway with the band. Okay, more scrolling. Okay, someone with a lovely little puppy, someone with their family. Ah, a female producer, composer, wearing an amazing looking outfit specifically designed for them by a fashion designer friend for their upcoming gig. A little more scrolling. Ah, someone at their laptop sharing a beat they've been working on that day and doing a happy dance. And finally, a photo of someone's new self-produced record with various quotes and stars next to it. I could keep going, but I'll stop there for now. So why am I sharing these musical highlights from my Instagram feed with you knob twiddlers? Well, because today I want to explore how having this type of constant stream of other people's music career updates can affect us as musicians and even determine whether we write and produce music or not. Before I get into all the negatives to do with social media, there's two things I want to flag up right now. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of the posts I just described to you. In fact, they could be read as being very encouraging. Look at all those wonderful, creative, passionate musicians making art despite all the crap we've endured over the last few years. Look at all those women, because my feed is very female heavy, putting their music out into the world. This is fantastic and of course I am a massive supporter of that. But I guess it's vital we acknowledge that the accumulation of so many of these updates all at once with no wider context can create a warped sense of reality, even on our very best days. On our worst days, we could very easily turn these posts into a fantastic opportunity to sink into feelings of guilt, shame, anger and disappointment at our perceived lack of momentum within our own music, regardless of how accurate or fair that truly is. It's a combination of the amount of other people's highlights we're fed by the algorithm and our own psychological state of mind on any given day that can negatively affect our creative self-esteem not any one musician's individual posts or even accounts. Secondly, there is no doubt that social media has also provided fantastic opportunities for us to build our creative self-esteem, whether it be discovering resources like the podcast you're listening to right now, or connecting with other people who are like-minded, like inside the Girls Twiddling Knobs podcast community on Facebook. There's lots of ways social media has given us the ability to not feel so alone, to challenge industry narratives and stereotypes. All of what I do here at The Female DIY Musician, whether that be this podcast, running free trainings for women on recording and production, or my more intensive online course, Home Recording Academy, all of this would be near impossible without social media. I also truly believe more widely that social media is one of the biggest reasons the music industry is becoming more gender inclusive, because now people can share their experiences, educate themselves and each other, and join forces for change like never before. 
Okay, so now I've outlined both of those crucial considerations, we're going to get into how social media can be problematic for our creative self-esteem, with a specific emphasis on how it might impact women and how, if, they use music technology. I know, I'm such a downer, dear listener. But don't worry, though, I'll also be laying out three ways we can enjoy social media more and make it a force for good in our music making, so stick around to the end for that. But here's the breaking news on how social media can affect people's self-esteem in general, regardless of whether they're a musician or not. I don't think it will come as any surprise to you that the research points to a significant link between low self-esteem and social media use in general. In fact, in a 2017 study published in the European Scientific Journal, the authors found that approximately 88% of the study's 150 participants engaged in making social comparisons on Facebook, and out of those comparisons, 98% were upward social comparisons, so that means seeing others as being superior in some way. They conclude that an increase in social media usage causes the self-esteem of individuals to decrease, with their findings indicating that one hour spent on Facebook daily resulted in a 5.574 decrease in the self-esteem score of an individual. Now, what's missing in that conclusion is identifying exactly what these participants were actually doing with that time on Facebook, because mindless scrolling is not the same as joining me in our monthly Girls Twiddling Knobs Music Tech Book Club. Just saying. But when we delve into the demographics of who is being hit the hardest by this connection between social media use and low self-esteem, it's women who seem to be the most negatively affected and who typically also get addicted to it too. In another 2017 study in the Journal of Addictive Behaviours, the authors found that it was young, single women who were most likely to develop compulsive and addictive social media use, reflecting a need to feed the ego, i.e. narcissistic personality traits, and an attempt to inhibit a negative self-evaluation, i.e. self-esteem. Why women more than men, though? Well, for starters, studies on adolescents at least show that their social media use indicates, at the very least, girls spend more time on social media than boys on average. So this obviously means that they're more susceptible to the negative effects of social comparison, excessive preoccupation with their online appearance and general sleep disturbance as well. And if you're listening to this, dear listener, and thinking, oh God, I'm in my 30s or my 40s, or my 50s, and that describes me too. What's wrong with me, Isabel? Well, that's me as well. All of the above, which these studies link to teenage girls, are things I've really struggled with myself online. It's why I've had to stop having my phone in my bedroom, because I end up scrolling as a treat to reward myself for a hectic day, or for just feeling knackered, and then I end up making upward social comparisons galore feeling crap about myself, regardless of how happy I actually am, and missing out on sleep because of getting trapped in that scroll cycle. I'm 37 and I have to remove my phone because it has become an addiction, which got worse during lockdown, by the way. And sometimes I feel a bit rubbish that I even fall into this trap. I mean, I should know better, right? 
But then I remind myself that this technology has literally been designed to elicit this response. It's why it's become such a massive part of our lives. It's been designed to be addictive, encourage social comparison, and then, due to the knock to our self-esteem, a narcissistic compulsion to post curated content of the highlights of our lives as a response. Someone else sees said content, feels the same social comparison, shares a post to feel better, and so the cycle continues at its worst. Remember, I did acknowledge it isn't always and doesn't have to be like this. I'm talking about the bad days here, dear listener. So that's a brief look at the cold, hard truth of social media. But there's a colder, harder truth for most musicians, and that is that these platforms have been a vital aspect to how and even if we can share our music with the world and connect with other artists too. Many of my music friends, myself included, often say that if it weren't for having to promote what we do creatively, we'd come off social media entirely. I really don't think I'd miss Instagram or Facebook on a personal level if I were to delete my profiles, and a good 90% of my time on both these platforms is related to this podcast and my amazing students. So it can feel so frustrating knowing that using social media is potentially not great for our mental health, but is also essential for actually having an impact as artists and more. And here's another colder, harder truth about social media and women in music. If social media negatively impacts women's self-esteem disproportionately in the general public then it's a logical presumption that this also carries over into musicians too. I am definitely not saying male musicians are immune to these negative effects on their own self-esteem, and it's worth noting that the studies I've referenced here in this episode don't seem to mention the effects for social media on trans and non-binary folks either. By the way, all of the references are linked in the show notes. But it's reasonable to hypothesise that many female musicians feel the effects for social comparison, a narcissistic compulsion to project a positive online appearance, and that this might also be eating into time they could be developing a more positive relationship with their music, skills and creative plans. When I consider that, dear listener, it kind of blows my mind. It's time and energy that many women, including myself may be pouring into their Instagram feed, but could make a much bigger impact if it were focused elsewhere. In a 2020 article in Classical Music, Annabelle Lee considers how, and I quote, artists' status updates and tweets tend to depict an idealistic, carefree and glamorous lifestyle. A beautifully filtered cityscape hides a performer's jet lag and feelings of missing family and friends. Post-concert postings usually show musicians wearing tuxedos or dresses, laughing and smiling with big bouquets of flowers or bottles of champagne. This is definitely a classical context now, dear listener. Musicians also regularly take selfies with well-known colleagues at rehearsals or social occasions to show how much other in-the-know people admire them. And who can blame us, right? We're told this is how we should use social media. We're told we need to post regularly, our posts need to be attractive and positive, and we need to show our audience why we're worth following and keeping connected with. That's how the music industry and social media platforms tell artists to use this technology in order to launch and further a career in music. 
Lee goes on to state how it's unsurprising, therefore, that if that's how most musicians are using these platforms, this will in turn negatively impact our self-esteem and trigger negative thought patterns, feelings of envy, and even a loss of joy for music making itself. If you're starting to suspect your social media use may have been contributing to a lack of motivation to create new music or experiment with new ideas or technologies definitely take a listen to episode 23 of the podcast, which is called Why Create If No One's Watching. And I've linked to it in the show notes because we go into some interesting ideas relating to this inside. But I just want to flag two ways social media could impact women experimenting with music technology, which may not be obvious at first glance. Firstly, I absolutely love the fact that social media has allowed more women to be visible in the field of electronic music, sound and audio. It can feel massively inspiring to see a woman standing in front of a massive modular synth or at a big mixing desk in a professional studio or soldering electronic instruments together. But if you catch this on your off days, when you're feeling a bit crap about not having picked up your music in a while or you've had an experience that's shaken your confidence maybe with music tech, seeing those posts can make you feel less confident because of that good old upward social comparison we mentioned earlier. This is where not having the full picture, just the photo highlight, can trick you into thinking that the women behind the desk or synth or soldering table may have had to put in hours and hours to master that technique or technology. That woman who is smiling and looking confident may have had to struggle with similar feelings of imposter syndrome or self-doubt, even on the day it was taken. That woman in the Instagram photo isn't necessarily just naturally better or more confident or more skilled at technology than you. I mean, she may be, but she's also just an entirely different person. With her own experiences and her own struggles that will not translate to your Instagram feed. Just because she's there doing something that feels a little bit out of your depth on that day, right now, for you, doesn't mean there's no point in you trying to get there too, if deep down that's the artist you want to be. And it doesn't mean you should leave it to her, that person on your social media feed who's already got there. Because otherwise you're denying both yourself and the world the chance to see what you as an individual might do with those skills and with that same technology. Because you will do something that's totally all your own. But the point is, sometimes we need to acknowledge that this negative social comparison and the self-doubt it can cause does translate into women and music technology, just as it can also be empowering and inspiring too. Secondly, as we looked at before, having a preoccupation with checking social media and scrolling through the content on your feed means you're channeling energy into this and not into something that maybe feels challenging or brain intensive, like learning new skills with technology. Once we've seen those pictures of other female musicians or any musicians using music technology in ways that may feel beyond us right now, On the bad days, it's probably more tempting to just keep scrolling or checking for likes and updates on all our apps than just getting the damn MIDI keyboard out and writing a new track. I would not be surprised if there's more than a few people listening to this right now, maybe yourself, dear listener, thinking, fair dues, Isabel. If I focused that energy and time into developing new skills and recording and production and less into my social media apps, 
my music would probably look and feel pretty different. Remember, if that's you right now, this isn't about judgment. These apps have been designed to distract you, trigger strong emotional reactions and keep your attention on them alone. But I think being really honest about where your attention is going and why it might be drifting away from things that could really nourish and enrich your music is important. And being honest without judgment about how we truly emotionally react to other people's posts, including other women in music, is important too. And maybe one of the biggest issues is what social media rewards and what it doesn't. Photos of your face will get more engagement than photos of your instrument. Videos of you looking happy, fun, fashionable and popular will get you more followers than you chatting about the ups and downs of your creative process. And finished products like albums give people something more tangible to retweet and share with others than a simple melody line you're struggling to identify at the beginning of the music creation process. In short, all the messy stuff that every musician struggles with and might even enjoy, all that intangible, unfiltered stuff just doesn't stop the scroll like those bite-sized, curated highlights. And those highlights only show a tiny fragment of a person's life. Sometimes when I'm weeding my garden and feel so fortunate to have an outdoor space, I remind myself that those moments are true indications of happiness. Not how many albums, film scores, live gigs, commissions, exhibitions or awards you've accumulated that year, or not. Those moments when I am reminded just how much I love my cat, I mean my boyfriend, I said boyfriend, and just how free I feel to be myself around them both, those moments remind me of what real happiness and contentment mean. Or when Spotify decides to play me one of my own tracks from 10 years ago on an algorithm playlist, and I am taken back to making those recordings, collaborating with those musicians, birthing those song babies, and just how fulfilling that still feels, years on, regardless of how difficult that might be to translate into my Instagram feed. It's in these moments that I come back to reality. I come out of the intangible scrolling spiral and back to my minute-to-minute self because this is the only place that I connect with that vital, creative voice. This quiet, artistic wisdom that I believe is inside us all is hard to hear during my Instagram scrolling. In fact, it seems to get positively drowned out by all those other voices, sometimes the ones of my fellow female musicians whom I'd never want to silence the ones I'd always want to elevate. But I also know I need to be aware that on certain days, I may need to step away and distance myself from the constant feed of other people's highlights all the same. And you may be thinking, I hear you, Isabel, but I can't step away from my social media indefinitely. Or perhaps you feel like the days when your feed feels emotionally triggering are becoming more and more often than the days where you feel inspired and encouraged by social media. Me too. It's something I think most people, especially artists using social media in such a vulnerable way, grapple with today. But there are some ways I've been better able to enjoy using social media as a human and as an artist, which may help you if you're also struggling with this too. So number one, I think we need to start engaging with social media 
like it's an extension of our art and not just a bulletin board for our creative achievements. The profiles I love the most that are about people's creative practice but rarely send me into a comparison spiral are the ones that approach their posts with intentional concepts and aesthetics. By this I mean that exploring their feed is not just a series of selfies and posts that state what new commissions just been performed or what new remixes out, but the ones where they use colours, textures, themes and influences across their posts to really set a mood, to really tell a story. Going to these types of profiles feels like you're experiencing their art, not their curated highlights. And if you're wondering what I'm going on about, I recommend checking out the Instagram feed of a guest I was hoping to have on the podcast this week, Dee Hexen. I've linked to her Instagram profile in the show notes as it illustrates really well how stepping into Dee's feed is like stepping into her artistic mind too. And by the way, Dee will be joining us on the podcast soon, so look out for that. But how can you do this? Well, I recommend writing down the three most important qualities of your music. Try and keep these to one word each and use these words as a guide for making your content less about sharing your updates and more about sharing your own conceptual identity as an artist. These words could be anything from frantic or dreamy, midnight to sharp, but let these words then lead you to colour palettes, textures and even other people's artworks. Let them start crafting a doorway into the world of your music. A second way I enjoy using social media is actually just asking questions. It's one of the best ways to stop your presence on these apps feeling so one-sided and instead actually opening up a dialogue with the people who have decided to follow you. It's important to see your follow account less as a measure of your status as an artist and more as what it truly represents, real individual people. You could even use the words from my first suggestion before to inspire your questions. For example, if one of your words is dreamy, maybe you could ask your followers what their favourite song about dreams are. Yes, it's that simple, but it's so much more rewarding to actually have a dialogue going with your followers than just a blind hope that what you're putting in front of them makes an impact on your connection with them. Lastly, another approach that has really helped my experience with social media as someone who uses it artistically and professionally is simply about having boundaries. This is sometimes referred to as digital hygiene. Here's my boundaries, which I don't always stick to. So I don't use my phone after 9pm. No matter how tempting it might be, I try to set it aside so it's not the last thing I look at before I close my eyes. Dreams are where we have some of our most imaginative, inspiring ideas, so I want to give my brain a bit of breathing space. I also never have my phone in my bedroom. Instead, I have a radio alarm clock, so I can listen to the radio if I wake up in the night, and I also wake up on time. This has meant I now get enough sleep and don't waste countless hours scrolling. And then lastly, I am super intentional about what I use social media for. I do find that Instagram especially oversteps this boundary as the IG stories are so tempting to click on and keep watching. But after being quite regimented about actually setting a 20 minute timer while on social media for a while, I'm now generally pretty good at just responding to important messages or notifications and not giving into the compulsion to scroll. 
I really have found that while these three ideas haven't taken away the negative impacts of social media or my self-esteem and well-being entirely, they have helped me to better enjoy using these tools overall. If you're struggling with any of the issues we've covered today in this episode, give these a go yourself. And if you've found something else that has helped you enjoy social media more as a woman in music, do share it with me. The best way to do this is to leave a review of the podcast wherever you're listening right now with your tips for better using social media as a musician. So we've looked at why social media is a real double-edged sword for all of us, but also for musicians, and how even if we'd rather not be on these platforms at all, many musicians feel compelled to keep posting and often keep scrolling. We've looked at some studies into how social media might negatively impact people's self-esteem and how this is more likely to be the case if you're a young, single female too. And we've also then considered how these trends might be impacting women with regards to making music and using creative technologies. And while I've already given you three ideas for better enjoying how you use social media, because it's pretty difficult to not engage with it as a musician these days, I want to just share one final idea to sum up this episode. If you do find yourself scrolling through your social feed and you do see someone looking super confident using music technology or a selfie of them in front of some expensive looking gear and it's one of those days where it just exacerbates your self-doubt rather than sparking your enthusiasm, please try this. Just say to yourself, that's doubt. Label it for what it is. It's a thought, it's doubt, and it's likely there because of your own filter, not because it directly relates to that particular image or the person you've just come across on Instagram or wherever else you're looking. It's doubt that you'll ever master new technical skills. It's doubt you have the right gear or recording space or resources. It's doubt it's worth even getting started when other people, like that person in that Instagram post, are already so much further ahead than you. It's a feeling of being left behind, and it feels so icky. But here's the thing. Many of us doubt ourselves countless times throughout the day, and that's okay. But labelling it for what it is helps us to see it for what it is. Something that's temporary. Something that can pass, and definitely not something we should allow to pull us into mindless scrolling on social media rather than opening up our door and getting that music out of our head. Self-doubt is something we can either feed with social media scrolling or diffuse with actions that nourish us. And remember, if you loved this episode and you'd love a listener shout-out, rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening right now. Not only will it bring a massive smile to my face, it also helps even more women and girls hear all the goodness that's crammed inside every episode of Girls Twiddling Knobs. Speaking of which, on next week's episode, I'm joined by producer, musician and solo live electronic performer Kayla Painter, who's just released her brand new EP, Somewhen, and has recently been supporting rival consoles on their UK tour. When we sat down, she shared how she makes music, why she's releasing as an independent artist, and how she produces her beats. And spoiler alert, there's not a MIDI controller in sight. It's a corker of a chat with such a talented artist, so do join me there next week to listen to all of that and more. But till then, take care 
and I'll catch you here soon. Girls Twiddling Knobs is hosted and produced by me, Isabel Anderson, with production support from Francesca O'Connor and is a female DIY musician production. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, and you know someone else who would love it too, be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.